This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. Well, we should be talking about the Nets beating the Knicks, but something else happened before the game. Gordon and I will share that with you next on ESPN New York Tonight. 1-800-919-3776. Also via Twitter, at Hardesty ESPN, at Gordon Damer, at ESPN NY, 98 underscore 7 FM. Along with Jake the Snake and Brian the Good Vibes 365, we're here until midnight. Then it's Freddie Fitzsimmons on 98.7 ESPN. Hello, Gordon Damer. Larry, what will we ever talk about tonight? I don't know. I was I was thinking about Rangers Islanders preview for tomorrow. Why not? You know me. <laughs> I love a good Rangers Islanders scrap. I mean, you know, that's that, well, speaking of scrap, that's what we did not have in this game tonight. And Gordon, here's the interesting thing. All this talk over the past couple of weeks about, well, James Harden, maybe he's coming, maybe he's not coming, maybe he's going to Philly. Maybe he's coming to the Nets. No, he's not coming to the Nets. Maybe he's going to stay in Houston. And Houston, finally, last night, you kind of had that feeling, right, Gordon, when you saw his post-game press conference when, by the way, he does look a little heavy. You think? (laughs) He does look a little heavy when he says, you know, this is just not working out. Not surprised that he is uh, taking his talents to Brooklyn. Well, I mean, people wonder sometimes, and when Harden started pulling the act that he was pulling in Houston and wanting out, why do superstar players pull this act? And the reason why they do, because it works. James Harden got exactly what he wanted. He might not have got it as quickly as he wanted. Maybe, he, you know, he had to kick his, his feet and stomp his feet and hold his breath a couple of extra, you know, weeks or so. But he got what he wanted, right? I mean, he wanted out yep. of Houston, and he is now out of Houston. He is now out of Houston, and Houston, listen, when you consider what they had to do and the type of player they had to trade, they got a pretty good haul backward. Uh, it's far better Long than term. anything I thought that they were going to get. I mean, it's very open-ended because mm-hmm. of all the draft picks and the draft swaps, uh, but considering the, the circumstances they were put in by James Harden, they did. You know, you could have done a whole lot worse. You could have traded away your superstar player for cap space and then not signed anybody to the cap space. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But and and as you mentioned, when you're in the situation where everybody knows this guy wants out, it really messes up your leverage as the team that's trying to trade the disgruntled superstar. So for them to get back, like you said, unprotected first round draft picks, which is, you know, interesting. Because, but then again, you you'd expect. Well, it's um, first thing. Net fans are saying, "Oh no, not unprotected again." No, no, no. But you expect that with this team, with uh, Harden and Durant, and maybe Kyrie, whenever he comes back, uh, you're going to be in the upper, way down in the draft choices. So you don't need to protect them. But still, well, it's pretty pretty good for your future. Yeah, for Houston, and I, you know, I have to be honest. I was surprised by the negative take for most people it seemed maybe it's just the the people that I follow and talk to how negative it was from the Nets point of view to me you're you already are all in on this two-year window whatever happens outside if Kevin Durant comes back whoever comes back anything beyond this two-year window it's about winning a title in this two-year window if we all agree that the NBA is a league where stars win right you have to have stars on your team to win titles Mm-hmm. Now, uh, you'd have to say they have stars. Now, this does kind of put to the test 
do you need anything other than the star? Like, do you need chemistry? Do you need teamwork? Or do you just need the stars? I don't really think that the, I mean, if the Nets are all in on winning a title over the next two years, and clearly Kevin Durant gave his approval before this deal was made, I don't see why there's a negative reaction to it. If you win one title, and mm-hmm. then, you know, four years down the road or three years down the road, you have to rebuild again because, and you don't have any draft picks. I think, I don't know many Net fans, but I think most Net fans, I think most sports fans would take that. You'd have to be ecstatic if you're a Net fan today. Right now, you, uh, FanDuel, hashtag Gordon. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you go on there, everybody, everybody's line is the Nets are coming out of the East and they're playing in the, in the, in the World Championship against the Lakers. So right. if you're a Nets fan, that's what you want. That's what you're happy about. You'll, you'll take the ending of, of, well, okay, maybe when this is over, we'll have to rebuild again. But you take the idea, Gordon, of that, well, listen, Sean Marks got us these guys. They helped get us Karis LeVert. They helped get us Jared Allen, the guys we traded against. They were able to find the Spencer Dinwiddies. All right, so if they can find them, you, you have the faith that if they found them before, they'll find them again. Can we just, before we get to the Nets part and the Nets future and how this mix will work and, and, and will they do this, can we just finally put the tombstone and, and call out the BS that was the Nets culture before Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving got here? <laughs> Because when they signed, they talked about this Nets culture and, and how, you know, they, they had already done a lot of the hard work and, and the coaches here and the players are here. That was all nonsense. I mean, they've, they, they got rid of the coach last year in a year where Kevin Durant didn't play at all and Kyrie Irving barely played. And now they're just picking off, you know, guys who supposedly made out the culture of this team to bring in another superstar player. So I think that one thing is clear. I don't know how this is going to turn out for the Nets. The idea that Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving came here because of the net culture was absolutely ridiculous from jump. Well, here's what the, here's what the culture produced for them, Gordon. The culture produced tradable players to get to the people that they really wanted on the team. But, <laughs> so. but did they really, though? I mean, because they gave up Karis LeVert and they gave mm-hmm. up a bunch of picks. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, they gave up. Uh, they gave up Allen as well, and I think that that will be a loss for the Nets. Um, but really, in terms of the players, they. I mean, I think it's mostly that Harden wanted out. The Nets were the one, you know, one of the few teams that were willing to take on the headache that he is. Uh, and uh, they had, you know, they 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 took out as many draft picks pretty much as they could. And mm-hmm. what they didn't have in draft picks, they didn't draft swaps. So, you know, did they really have all that much? Because, you know, they signed KD, they signed Kyrie, and now they're bringing in James Harden for pennies on the dollar. I think the Rockets did well for themselves based on the position they were in, but I don't think they got fair value for what James Harden is as a player. No, well, over the past couple of games, yes, they did. <laughs> but, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. As he looks right career, now, no. right. <laughs> before career, you're absolutely not. I mean, this guy's been an MVP. This guy's been a, a league-scoring champion. Yeah. So, no, there's no question about that. They, they, they got the best they could under the cir- circumstances. But I think you make a great point, Gordon. You make a point that for them, this was their lure here. This was the answer that they had to give somebody as to, well, why Brooklyn? And you're right, when they came here, they already started making changes. And what's so interesting about that is if you go back, Kyrie kind of told you that they weren't really ready to win because he named some players or yeah. let some players' names <laughs> There's off. that culture. 
the list <laughs> that he thought they needed to have to take that next step. So uh, you're right. He kind of gave you a preview as to what this team was thinking about doing. And, you know, now the question becomes, is this the culture? Is is this big three the culture, Gordon, that's going to take them to the championship? And I agree with you. If you're a Net fan today, you should be ecstatic. You just worry about winning a championship over these next two years. Uh, you do have a limited window because each of them have an opt-out for year three. So that's the concern you have. But listen, right now, from a New York standpoint, Gordon, uh, we're in the mix. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, I thought the Nets were going to be the team to come out of the Eastern Conference, and it's funny you mentioned FanDuel, Larry. I got them at uh, plus 270 before the uh, season began. I believe mm. they are now down to plus 150 with the mm-hmm. uh, move today, so big jump on the line there. Yeah. Um, I already thought they were coming out of the Eastern Conference as it is. I do kind of wonder if the Nets are maybe hedging their bets a little bit and are willing to make this move because they are not really sure when Kyrie will be back, if he will be back, and if he will stay when he comes back, right? I mean, if he's done this once, there's always the possibility that something pops up again. Yeah. So, you know, if, you need, if we all agree Kevin Durant can't do it by himself, maybe that makes you lean a little bit to say, you know what, let's bring in another guy who can certainly score basketball – you know, it's not had the uh, has not had great playoff success, but he is a big time, you know, a performer in the regular season and an MVP. Maybe that mix will work better. And uh, maybe, you know, if Kyrie's not coming back or not coming back anytime soon. Now, all of a sudden, you can certainly have a, a team that d- is not reliant on Kevin Durant coming off an Achilles injury where he has to play every single night. Yeah. And listen, Gordon, it's when you just look at the trade offhand, Clearly, they're going to be able to score the basketball. Scoring is not a problem. Defense could be a problem, and it could be a problem (laughs) in the postseason. Because, look, regular season, you know, teams don't really play defense. They play defense in stretches. You you know, you're not stopping folks. But when it counts, that's going to be the interesting thing on what they will do. And, Gordon, will Steve Nash have that time? Will Mike D'Antoni be able to come up with a way for them to have – well, everybody's not going to be happy, but everybody will be content. How about that? That that the ball, that everybody will be content that they will have an opportunity to shoot and be able to score when you look at three guys who have really been ball-dominant scorers in their career. Well, look, this could, and I'm not the only person saying this, this could fail spectacularly. I mean, mm-hmm. this could really just, you know, the personalities involved, the style of games involved, as you brought up the, you know, the playoffs and defense, that, that certainly could be a, an issue. Um, so th- this could blow up in a very, very bad way for the Nets. And, and if, you've, if you've mortgaged your future to make a deal like this, you know, it really could set you back. I don't think it's going to be like the Celtics deal was a few years back, but it, it certainly has that potential. I just take a look at the, the, the players involved, talent in the NBA. You know, we say coaching in the NFL wins, talent in the NBA wins, and this just has so much talent. I don't know if they're going to win a title. It could, as I said, fail spectacularly. It could completely blow up, but they are going to be fascinating to watch. I mean, I'll tell you that, you know, to see the, the, the drama that goes on when and if Kyrie comes back and how these three guys can mesh together over the long, not just regular season, but the postseason – Uh, It's going to be fascinating to watch. I'll say that. It is going to be fascinating. And, Gordon, the other thing here is because of this NBA season, 
you're down to 72 regular season games as opposed to 82. So, you know, that's 10 less games that you have to play on the court and get together and, and work these little things out before you get to the postseason. So unless, of course, they have to pause because of the COVID virus that is taking the league by storm right now. And very quietly, the NBA is going to have to really take a hard look. I know they don't want they don't want to pause. But, Gordon, you're looking at t- cancellation. I mean, Boston's canceled. Their next two games are canceled, and they're scheduled to play the Knicks on Sunday, maybe. I mean, we don't even know if they'll be able to get that game in right now. Yeah, it seems like it's going to be an issue. I mean, it just it does not seem like uh, – it's one thing when you have a little blip, you know, one team here, one team there. It, it seems like it's growing rather than, you know, being reduced by any stretch. So um, it does seem like so, – I don't know – if they're going to have to go and try to, I don't think that it's going to be extreme to, to make it a bubble situation during the regular season, but uh, it does seem like that that's what kept them going, even though the players, and I'm sure a lot of people involved in the bubble that were stuck in the bubble, didn't like it. That's the one thing that is able to get these games in, and uh, you didn't really have many issues. Now you're seeing the realities of it. You know, you have uh, MVP-type performers in Durant and Harden, you know, Kyrie Irving is, is hard to go, is really hard to guard. Um, out of those three, Durant is by far, to me, the best defender. Uh, those two other guys are going to have to sacrifice and put more in to the defensive end of the floor. They're all going to have to try to um, put their bodies on the line to rebound because they really just, they're, they're a slight team. And it'll be interesting what else Sean Marks can do from now until the playoffs start because, um, like I said before, they were already a good offensive team, a really good offensive team. What they were is a struggling defensive team and a struggling rebounding team. The voice of former Nick head coach and our analyst on ESPN NBA basketball, Jeff Van Gundy on the Michael K Show today, weighing in on what the Nets can do going forward now. You're listening to ESPN New York tonight here on 98.7 ESPN. Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer, 1-800-919-3776. And Gordon, the interesting thing that Jeff was mentioning there is what other moves can they make to try to shore up their defense? And one of those moves, unfortunately, they had to get rid of and make a move to get this deal done, and that was Jared Allen. The pro really had been a strong defensive guy. He, he This is now going to mean that DeAndre Jordan's going to have to play some more minutes, and they're going to have to find other ways to get uh, some stops. It's going to be more of a team defensive effort than a individual defensive effort. Well, I mean, I think for, for them in terms of, uh, you know, the ultimate goal, like they're going to be ju- – I mean, I think they were going to be judged on – if they got to an NBA final this year before this trade, I think that that would have been that would have been seen as success. I think now over these two years, you have to win a title with these. You know, if Kyrie comes back and they have the big three together, you have to win a title. And I think that now this is really all, you know this is not about Sean Marks or this is not about uh, you know anybody on the team as much as it is on Kevin Durant like it's on Kevin Durant to make sure that this team wins a title here over the next 2 years you know if James Harden comes here and does not have you know playoff success like he did in you know much like Houston where he didn't have you know the the playoff success that you would expect uh, I don't think that he'll get crushed if Kyrie doesn't have it it won't be it won't fall on him it won't fall on anybody, I don't think, except for Kevin Durant. So the fact that he gives the thumbs up to the deal, it was going to be on him anyway. Now it's definitely going to be on him. 
Yeah, and he's going to have to try to control these guys. And here's the thing, Gordon, because we saw it in, in, OK, in OKC. He's going to be the guy that's going to be willing to make the sacrifice to make it work, too. We've seen it. Yeah. He's going to be that guy. And sometimes, you know, he's sacrificed on occasion to a fault in deferring to uh, Russell Westbrook. Yeah, well, I mean, look, this is, I think it kind of all falls on him. He's going to, I mean, not just on the court, I think, mm-hmm. you know, keeping personalities in check. So until he has a problem with Kyrie Irving being away, and, you know, I just saw him a little bit, uh, the post game tonight on ESPN, you know, I think the question was something along the lines of all the drama, which alluded to the trade, but I think also to the Kyrie. He's like, ah, oh, there's no drama. You know, like he, as long as he's putting it out there publicly that he has no issue with it, uh, I think that that, at the end of the day, is the only person that really has to, you know, that, that Kyrie has to worry about. It's true. Let's go to the phones. Buddha's in the Bronx. Buddha, lead us off on ESPN New York tonight. Hey, what's going on, guys? How you doing, man? Hey, Buddha. Hey, listen, two things. Um, one, one real quick, and then one thing that's really been bothering me. Um, with, with, with Kyrie, with the Nets, with the whole situation, like we discussed it, you know, yesterday, you start paying these guys $32 million and you make these deals with them, you know, there's got to be a, a, a backup plan in your mind where you're thinking, what if this guy doesn't work out, especially the way he's behaved? I don't know if they had this James Harden thing set up already ahead of time, but to be honest with you, you know, when you look at that big three of uh, LeBron, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh, if you want to weigh them in terms of basketball talent, I think, you know, you, you could say maybe that this group has a little bit more basketball talent. But in terms of mental toughness, fortitude, like will to win, playing with a focus, I don't think you can compare it. And like you said, like Durant is the kind of guy – He'll give up of himself. You ain't never seen James Harden give up of himself. And Kyrie Irving, I mean, it is what it is, man. I mean, like, I never agree with Stephen A. recently in the last couple of years, but I agree with him a thousand percent what he said today. Like, like, dude, like, if this is not really for you, you should do the honorable thing and retire and don't jerk these people around. You know, it, it's just not a good look. And especially it kind of diminishes, you know, the social issues and stuff that are going on. When you show the petulance, like, you know, you know, it takes away a little bit from that. You know what I mean? Yeah. But anyway, say, man, that, that, that aside, man, that aside, listen, and I don't mean to come at y'all like this, but, like, I'm just, like, so frustrated. I don't know if it's because the Jets play, or, or, like, their games are broadcast on the stage. Like, listen here, man. You know, I don't care if it was the A.J. Dewey, you know, the, the, the rain, the field not being right, you know, uh, Ed McCaffrey being uncoverable in that second half, you know, with the wind blowing, Elway is cutting lasers through it, you know, and Vinny's passes is floating all over the place. Listen, man, you know, it's very frustrating as a Jets fan when you see the same stuff happen over and over again. Even even people talk about, like, Gassino on that late hit on Bernie Kosar. If you look back at that tape, it was going to be a late hit on Carl Howard, too. This is what the Jets do to you as a fan, man. You know, no matter what's going on, when we got something going right, we're going to kind of screw it up. Did what this, do you have going right? About, well, not, nothing. But listen, oh, what I'm talking okay. about. I about thought there was something coaches. that happened today. I'm sorry. No, no. Listen, about these coaches. You know, um, Robert Sala, Eric Bien-Aimé, um, Dable, all of them. And I'm no boomer science fan. Believe me when I tell you, for more reasons than not. But when he puts out a statement out there that Bill Cowell might be interested in his job and you don't even reach out or try to interview him or nothing, 
This is the stuff that pisses us off, man. Like these long... Listen, when you've been a Jets fan for a long time, you know what works, so you know what's not going to work. When you're at the lowest point as a franchise, and you just keep doing the same thing you were doing before, I'm going to hire a coordinator. Why are you hiring that coordinator? Because this guy's desperate for a job. You're going to have input on player and personnel moves similar to that nonsense that's going on there in Philly. Like, this pisses me off, man. How do you not even reach out to Bill Cowher to investigate to see if he will want to be the coach here? Like, like, come on, man. But he hasn't coached like, in 14 years, Boone. He hasn't coached in 14 years. That's I mean, number that's one. That's a long yeah. time to go. It is. Thanks for the phone call, Buddha. And the other thing is, Gordon, I saw a recent report where he indicated that he is not interested in coaching, that he was happy with what he wants to do, what he's doing in the studio job. So I don't know which is true. I don't know whether he changed his mind. I don't know whether he wasn't happy that he or maybe it was a private conversation between he and Boomer. I don't know. But I did see an article written maybe about a week or so ago that indicated that he was not happy. And I think what happens, Gordon, is in talking to Jet fans, and you know this over the years, is that they're looking for somebody that's that's won something. All right, you keep bringing the coordinators in, and that's the frustrating thing for them is, listen, bring me somebody that's won something. Bring me somebody that's won a championship instead of trying to find these coordinators and seeing what they do when they don't have that experience yet. Yeah, I think Cower, I mean, I don't know this for a fact, but I feel like that was kind of floating it out there to see what the reaction would be. And if there was a good reaction, then he would take the benefit. And then when there really wasn't any reaction, it was like, oh, I'm not really interested anyway. It wasn't me that said it, it was Boomer that said it. Um, <laughs> the, the thing, I'm kind of, are you surprised that Jet fans seem like they, I mean, they are all on the Robert Sala uh, bandwagon very, very quickly. I mean, I, he would say that right now, he would be like uh, the people's choice, right? The people's yeah. champ. Uh, yeah. I, I was surprised that, you know, as many Jet fans, at least, you know, online and everything else, were upset that the Jets allowed him to leave the building when he was the first guy that they interviewed for a second. I mean, just because you interview him for a second time doesn't necessarily mean that that's the only guy you want or he's the number one candidate. It seemed mm-hmm. like the reaction to him being allowed to leave and go on other interviews was viewed by Jet fans as being this negative thing where I don't know necessarily that that's the guy that Joe Doug. I mean, I would think that if Joe Douglas had nailed that guy down as he's the guy I want, then they would be working on a contract and they wouldn't let him leave the building. Maybe this is still part of the process. I think it's still part of the process, Gordon. I think that, you know, they brought him back because he, he, you know, interviewed well the first round. And he's got some other – I think what's happened is, as we mentioned last night, there's a number of other jobs that he's up for. So I think the Jets fan is like, okay, see, now they're going to let him go and he's not, we're not going to be able to get him. Well, if, if, then you go to your second choice if, he's, if he goes someplace else. There's no guarantee that he's going to be successful. It's not like he's a previous head coach. I would understand – the situation that they had last year where, you know, the, the, the former the former uh, head coach of the Packers comes in, you're like, hey, this guy's got a Super Bowl ring, but you can't let him leave. As it turns out, maybe it's a good thing they did right, after yeah. seeing what he did in Dallas. But you don't know that, not understanding, not knowing that's going to happen. You're like, hey, look, you can't let the Super Bowl champion head coach walk out the door like that. 
Robert Sala may be, but he's not yet. So, you know, you still got time. Yeah, I think a lot of Jet fans are watching video of him, you know, shouting on the side. You know, you can, you can kind of feed off that energy, and I think that they fed off that energy. Uh, you know, just keep in mind, you know, it's not always the first choice. It's not always the best choice either, right? Mm-hmm. Like they were talking, I can't remember, it was on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin about, I think it was Dan Graziano that brought it up. You know, Doug Peterson wasn't the first choice in Philadelphia, and that worked out okay. The first choice was Ben McAdoo, so it's probably just as well they didn't get their first choice. (laughs) No, I I think it's great that they didn't get their first choice based on what happened here. You know, but but that's the thing. You just have to keep watching and making the adjustments, and, you know, you – the Jets will get their coach. Okay, let him go through his process. He's. It's not like this is different. He's really running it, Gordon. It's not like you know you got a search committee or somebody else running it. Joe Douglas is running it. He'll be okay. He'll be okay. Yeah. Have faith. If, if 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 it turned out Salah left and immediately signed with Philadelphia, all right, then I could maybe understand you know being a little frustrated. The guy's just going on more interviews. That's all. I mean, there's still a chance that he is the Jets' head coach, or that's the guy that you know Joe Douglas wants. Gordon. From a scoring standpoint, this team could set records. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. Oh, I mean, oh, just oh. in terms of the offense, uh, you know, you heard the, oh. the, the promo there from, um, from Jay uh, Williams that, uh, you know, an offense like nobody's seen before. Oh. It, uh, very much. Mo- I mean, it is going to be an o- – now, I don't know how the rest of the – you know, as I said <laughs> in the open, this is going to put to the test the theory of you just need stars to win because the actual mix of how these things go along, whether or not the big three, I mean, how many games the big three actually play together as the big three before the playoffs start, that's going to be a question. Defense is going to be a question. Uh, there's going to be other things to deal with. They're going to be interesting to watch, though, and they're going to score a lot of points. Oh, yeah, they're, they're definitely going to score a lot of points, and obviously the question is going to be, uh, and I've seen it already asked a number of places, Who's going to take the final shot? And I think Gordon, uh, you know, you hear the story about the big three that we talked about with LeBron and, and uh, you know, those guys. And, it, it, you know, it, it was – it took a while before they had the decision as to who was going to, to take that, that final shot. And that's going to be the interesting thing here. Now, it's a positive because guess what, Gordon? Any of the three could take the final shot. Yeah. I felt like when my when when LeBron got to Miami, it was like a week, and it was clear that it was LeBron. To me, it just seemed like it was clear it was LeBron's team. You know that everything was just feeding off of him. I think that I don't know that it's necessarily going to be to that degree with Kevin Durant, but I feel like everything is going to have to. You know, Kevin Durant, while uh, unselfish, everything he's going to be the 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 primary focus, even if he's not the primary ball handler. So mm-hmm. um, he he has the adaptability in his game. I don't know whether the other two guys do uh, and, and just how that's going to, to mesh. But, look, they got the whole – basically, they got the whole season to make it work. Yep. You know they're making the playoffs. You know they're going to be one of the top seeds in the Eastern Conference. And even if they're not, even if they somehow struggle and they make it as the, the seventh seed, that's still mm-hmm. the team that to beat in the, uh, in the Eastern Conference playoffs this year. So they got time to work it out. You're right. And the interesting thing in, in the example you mentioned, Gordon, is that, you know – while it looked as though it was LeBron's team, LeBron, because of his mentality of being a pass-first player, it took Dwayne Wade to go tell him, no, you need to step up and take the final shots here and, and we'll feed off you. So while most of us thought that way and you know we felt that way, to him, to LeBron, because of how he felt, he was like, no, I'll defer here. This is, this is your team. I don't, 
Gordon, I, I guess this is Kevin Durant's team since he just got here. I mean, you know, Kyrie was here before. I mean, whose team is this? <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's I think it's clearly Durant's team. It's going to fall. I mean, to me, it, it's all going to fall on him. If it, whatever success or failures, it's all going to be about him. You know, like yeah. nobody is putting that. I don't think on Kyrie Irving. I don't think anybody's putting that on James Harden. Uh, I don't even think that anybody's putting that in the coach or the, the GM. I think it's his show. He came here to run the show. He's running the show. So as long as the deal has his approval and he's okay with it, to me, uh, go do it. I mean, yeah. it, 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 you know, it does make you more talented. No question about it. No question about it. John Johnson, Harlem. Hey, John John, you're next on 9870. Hey, Larry, what's going on, buddy? What's up, partner? Happy New Year. Same to you. Thank you. Um, yeah, I definitely want to talk about the Nets and uh, the Knicks. First, let's start with the Nets. Um, I don't care if it works. I'm a long-time Knicks fan since the 70s. Um, I'm not in- intrigued. I'm not depressed uh, that they got him. They better hope it works. I've seen this before. It didn't. Anyway, um, I'm going to talk about um, the Knicks state. Mm-hmm. I heard um, many ESPN um, analysts talking about, oh, Tom Thibodeau's, the, the Knicks got the right coach. No, they don't. No, they don't. They don't got the right coach. He has no clue when it comes to offense. And y'all trying to give him a pass. I'm saying he was he's a glorified assistant. His best job he ever did was he was besides Doc Rivers. He ran the show in Chicago to nothing. Random young uh players, Derrick Rose included, to the ground. We all know that. And y'all like giving him a pass like he's doing something well, great. No, John, John, we're not giving him a pass. We're not giving him a pass. And thanks no. for the phone call. And Gordon, bear me out here. But listen. Tell me of these players that I'm going to name you, tell me which one of these guys are 20-point scorers or better. Alfred Payton. No. R.J. Barrett. Maybe, not on a consistent basis. Kevin Knox. <laughs> How many games? <laughs> Nerlens Noel. Who? Nerlens Noel. No. <laughs> no. I mean, look at the roster. No. I mean, come on, John. John, you look. If you have a disagreement with Tom Thibodeau, the style of coaching, I got it. Everybody understands that. Okay, everybody understands he plays guys a lot of minutes. Everybody understands he has a short bench on occasion. But there's not a lot of scoring talent on this team, so it's not a matter of whether he's a good offensive coach or not. What he's able to do is to get this team to play as tough a defense as they can. Okay, to able to scrap and get points on the break or whatever how they can, they don't have people to score. Period. Look at the roster. Yeah, I mean, look, I I was not in favor of the Thibodeau hire. I know Larry, you were not in favor nope. of the Thibodeau hire, but we'll give credit where credit is due. And I think the only credit we've given him is really a slap at the previous head coaches in that we've said he's a competent head coach. Like it's not, it's not that the team doesn't look like it's just thrown together. When they go out on the court, they actually have effort. They try on defense. They, you know, so I, I think that that's the only credit that we have given him. So I, I don't know that we were, uh, you know, running the parade down uh, or up the Canyon of Heroes for Tom Thibodeau uh, at five, even at five and three. You know, it, it's mm. better to see them as a functional team. And even tonight, even though they lost and they were getting blown out a good stretch of the, of the game, I still feel like this team tonight, even playing as poorly as they did at stretches, this is still better than it was the, the, the past few years because there were times the past few years, if it would have been a game like tonight, I don't know how many the Knicks were down by at one point, but, I mean, it was at least 20 at some point. It would have yeah, stayed yeah, – it would have not only stayed 20, it would have went to 30. So yes. at least they have some effort and some sort of game plan. But I don't think that either of us have been, you know, 
shaking the pom poms for Tom Thibodeau. No, no, no. We're 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 not. I did not, not. say with him they were not going to lose fifteen in a row, and now I think right. it's four in a row. Right? Yes, it's four in yeah, a row. Yes. Uh, so maybe that's on me. <laughs> Sorry, well, John John. Well, 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 they got a shot to get a win somewhere before they get to fifteen. I hope. I hope so. I hope. Deccan is in Rockland. Deccan, is that how we say your name? Bob uh, Can. Decan, you're next on 98.7. Oh, hey, Larry. Hi, Gordon. Uh, I just want to say uh, I love you guys. Um, Gordon, I used to listen to you. I'm a teacher in the mornings. I'm I'm sad you're not in the mornings anymore. But my take is um, I think the Houston Rockets end up getting a better deal because they have a complete team. You have John Wall. You have Victor Oladipo. You have Christian Woods. And you have Eric Gordon. Deccan, you there? All right, yeah, we I'm lost here. Can you hear me? Oh, okay. All right, yeah. Can you, can you hear me? Yeah, cool. I got I you. Saying, uh, Larry, yep, Larry, Gordon, uh, I love you guys. Uh, Gordon, I listen, I'm a teacher, so I listen to you in the morning. I'm sad you're not on there anymore. Yeah, no, um, we I no, we heard the point, Declan. You just kind of cut off there. We thought you had more on the Rockets. Look, I mean, uh, oh, the yeah. Rockets, I think, did as well as they can do, given the situation mm-hmm. they were in. I mean, I don't know if, if John Wall and Victor Oladipo is really leading you anywhere. But, you know, look, they got a lot of draft picks. They're in a better position now than they were when, you know, James Harden is basically, you know, slapping them in the face by, you know, throwing a temper tantrum and forcing his way out of town. So, I mean, they're better that way. But I, I don't look at them as being, you know, any, in, in the mix anytime soon. Now, five years from now, could, they, could it turn out to be okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess. But, you know, those draft picks, um, we'll see how those turn out, you know. I, I'm not getting my hopes up. No, no. Thanks for the phone call, Deck. And here, here, here's the beneficiary of that now. You get rid of somebody who doesn't want to be there, and yeah. you hear what the other players are. Listen, let me <laughs> – when Boogie Cousins is complaining right. about how somebody Great else point. is talking about right. being on the team, <laughs> right. he needed to go. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. Perfect point, Larry. Absolutely. When DeMar, yeah, when Cousins is the one who's, who's saying, wait a sec, this is just ridiculous. I can't play like this. That's a bad sign. He had to go. Yeah, so it's addition by subtraction. That, yes, that's what absolutely. that is. And, yeah, somewhere down the line, look, they'll get better. If not, they'll they, – listen – they got a bunch of draft choices. They can yeah, always they train options. them to get players. Right. And look, Nick fans, they've gotten all worked up about a whole bunch of draft picks. So we'll see That's how right. the, you know, I mean, the Rockets have some options now. Hardenstein Damer till midnight. Taking your calls, getting your thoughts on the Nets' big three. Durant, Irving, and the Beard. George is in the car. Hey, George, you're next on 98.7. How's it going, gentlemen? Good evening. Hey, George. Uh, just to get into it really quick, I think people want to look at a, a combination of players like this and see something bad, and, and I understand that. But you're talking three Olympic guys, three shot makers. You add somebody like Joe Harris. I don't see how this really is a bad move for the Nets. Thank you. I agree. All right, George. Thanks for the phone call. It's not a bad move for the Nets. In and terms I don't of think... talent and on yeah. the court, I think it'll be fine. Yeah. It's just the the person, you know, I mean, when one of the big three is not with the team, we don't know when he's going to come back and if he's going to stay back. Uh, you know, there, there's some <laughs> there's some ambiguity there. That's all. I will say this. If the Nets don't matter now, they'll never yeah, matter. You're right. They will never matter. I mean, I already don't feel like it. it I mean, it, it's a big news story, obviously. But in terms of how it will actually impact the city, I don't know that it's going to have that great of an impact. We'll see. 
But if the Nets don't matter now, I mean, they will never be bigger. I mean, the last time they had a big three, you know, it was Kenyon Martin and Jason Kidd and, and Kerry Kittles and, and Richard Jefferson later. I mean, this is a whole nother level. I think, Gordon, right now it's more of a national story Yeah, because of the fact of the, the issues with Harden mm-hmm. and how it's been well documented. I think as we go towards the postseason, then it will ramp into a heavily local story. You know, that, that's when I think you'll really pick up some steam. And Going maybe up against pick up Nick e- playoff games? <laughs> um, probably not, right? Not probably yeah, not. Not probably this year. Right. You know, and, and, one, and then the other thing is once Kyrie comes back and you, you see that, you know, they're staying and playing together, then it'll really be something. Like, it'll be real interesting to watch because I think if memory serves me correct, they, they play Milwaukee, I think, this weekend, the Nets. See, now you want to see that because that's, the, you know, that's a, a team that a lot of people think have a chance to come out of the East. So that's a good test, even early. You just want to see how that would be. You know, even even before Harden got here, you're looking at games like that. Those are the games where you want to kind of get a get an idea of what's going to happen, whether they just beat them or how they perform, whether they win lose. It's not so much the final score. You just want to see how the matchups are, how the teams fight off and face off against each other. I just think it's going to be – I don't even think it matters who they're playing. I just want to see the three of them on the court together at the same time. You know what I mean? Like, I just mm-hmm. think it's going to be a fascinating thing to, to watch those three guys and, and what they can do. Yeah, and I hope Joe Harris gets a chance to shoot. Wow. <laughs> you know? You better make them. I'll tell you that. You, you, you know, yeah. you miss the first three, you might not get a fourth. <laughs> but I tell you one thing, all he's got to do is go to a spot. He's just had, he's he just has to go to a spot, Gordon, because by the time you have to defend one of these, you're going to try to double somebody. Somebody's going to be open. I mean, if it's him, all he's got to do is just he he's got light work. All he's got to do is be a spot up shooter. He will be he could have a really good season, the rest of this season with those guys. Oh no, I mean no question. Trey's in Brooklyn. Hey Trey, you're next on 98.7 ESPN. What's up, fellas? Hey Trey. Hey, I just wanted to say thanks to uh, Mike from my man, Mike from Queens. Man, he had to say that last night. I appreciate you, Mike. Um, you know, this, have you have you guys looked at the details on this trade? Yes, yes. Uh-huh. Man, the Rockets come off. Man, they get three Brooklyn first rounders. They get a they get a one from Milwaukee, and they get four first round swaps. Yeah, they'll be good in about five or six years. <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, remember that? Remember, Larry, remember when we were talking about the Astros years ago, about three or four years mm-hmm. ago, and yep. we were talking about Bo Porter and all that. Remember that? Yep. That's right. Remember they had that, uh, they had that, uh, what was it, the Sports Illustrated cover that said the 2017 World Series champions, the, the Astros, right? Remember that? Yeah, yeah, that's right. I'm telling you, you might be able to pencil the Rockets in in about, about maybe about five. I yeah, mean, it's possible. I can see that, Larry. They are super flexible, man. I mean, they came off on this. Brooklyn has to win. That's the mandate from upstairs, man. They got to win. Yep. There's no, there's no, you know, losing to the Lakers in seven or not coming out the East or something miraculous happening with Milwaukee. But they got to win now. Ain't no more. Oh, if win. Oh, and you got three. Head cases, man. We're talking about three head cases. People come up missing. People don't want to, you know, oh, I don't want to play basketball. I'm off shooting Uncle Drew, too. Like, you know what I'm saying? This, yo, this is going to be a movie to watch, Gordon. What you think, man? This is going to be a movie. 
Uh, well, look, I mean, I don't, I don't look at the other two the same way as I do Kyrie. Like, each of them have their own personality quirks, but I don't look at Harden as, you know, um, I don't know what the right term is, uh, uh, you know, toxic. You know, I know a lot of people have used that term when it comes to Kyrie because of the long list of, you know, Harden was upset in Houston and wanted out of Houston. I don't think that he would pull that same act again. If you're talking about Kyrie, and before this trade came down, you know, people would say, oh, trade Kyrie. What team in in the NBA would ever trade for that guy? It doesn't even matter what he tells you on Monday because by Wednesday he might change his mind. So I really think that he's the wild card in terms of the personalities. I think, you know, Durant and, and, and Harden have played together before, so I don't think that that should be. I'm sure there'll be drama that pops up, but the primary source of that drama is Kyrie. Yeah, and and once again, and thanks for the phone call, Trey. It, it's going to be interesting to see once they get on all the court, Gordon. And, and may, listen, maybe we'll be surprised. And once the three of them get on the court together, they'll just they'll just play ball. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I don't. I, the more I think about it, I think it'll be fine. Look, and how it works in the playoffs, I think is you know, as you get deeper into the playoffs, yeah. clearly it's going to be a greater challenge. But. This idea that they're not going to be able to figure it out during the regular season or during the opening yeah. round of the playoffs, I think is, I think it's overblown. And, I think and, they'll be fine. Yeah, yeah I, I agree think with they'll you. Be fine too. They'll be fine. They'll be okay. It's just that as you get further along, and what happens is as teams get to know you and know all your plays, and you know all their plays, that's when it becomes you know fun. When you get second round, you know, going the semifinals and then the finals, that's when it. That's when it becomes really, really fun. And listen, what you said earlier, Gordon, is true. This is it. Give the Nets credit. They're all in. They made it clear. We are going for the championship. We're mortgaging a little part of our future. We think we can do what we need to again, but we want to bring a championship to Brooklyn, and that's what they've done. And, you know, the thing about those picks, I can't remember if it's 24 and 26. or The chances of those picks, even the picks traded to Houston today, the chances of those picks being used by Houston, I mean, how many times do we get to the draft and some team is picking and you see the line of teams that have had that pick at uh, yeah. you know, one point or another? It's gone through four teams by the time they pick. So if the Rockets want to be good anytime soon, the chances of them holding on to those picks and not moving them someplace else for a player or something you know, more immediate I think is a bit of a long shot too. I agree. They'll keep some and they'll use some to upgrade their talent. I mean, and that's what you should do. Yeah. Leslie's in Fort Lee. Hey, Leslie, you're next on 98.7 ESPN New York. Either this trade is going to be, work out great or it's going to be combustible. They won't be in between. I'm banking on what this would be, trade. Um, what would be in between? No, well, it's, it's in between as in, you know, sometimes you're going to see it work and sometimes they're going to be having good days or bad days. But I think this is not going to be good days, bad days. These are going to be great. Or it's going to be terrible, and I'm banking on this to be terrible because. So what's terrible? What, what I mean by Miss terrible. The playoffs. Uh, in a playoffs and regular season, because I'm no, no, no. Why. But what would be what would be your determination of terrible? If they miss the playoffs, if they were the eighth seed, how would you how would you describe terrible? Ter- terrible as in you know they're underachieving the regular season, underachieving the playoffs. Well, in the because playoffs, I think they have to win the title. I mean, yeah, at least get to the title. I mean, they have to at least get to the NBA Finals. I'm just wondering, in your in your description, what would be, you know, it, it, it's terrible. To but me, it's terrible. if it's terrible, it's they don't make the playoffs. Or they get yeah, in there as the eighth seed and they, you know, they're under 500 for the season. 
Yeah, that too, yeah. But to okay. me, they got to put it all now because – but here's the problem, guys. I can't see Kyrie Irving and James Horton playing well together. I can't see it because both need the ball, and if one don't have the ball, one is going to pout, and we know who's going to pout. It's going to be Kyrie, and Kyrie's already a problem as it is. And then you can look at the Nets' role players. How you, there's only one ball. How are you going to get everybody to work? This is gonna be, and James Horton is a ball stopper. And, and another thing, if James Horton couldn't play with Chris Paul, I don't know how hard and Kyrie Irving is going to work. Uh, this, this trade is quite so many questions. It's great that the Nets are going for it. It's great that the Nets want to be relevant in town. It's great that the Nets want to be the top dog in town. But this is a risk. I, I'm banking on this not working. And let's face it, if they don't win the championship, this trade is a failure. There's no uh, ifs, ands, or buts, guys. Well, you're right about that, Absolutely. Leslie. Thanks for the phone call. For yep. me, Gordon, you know what would be a, a, a big-time failure for them? First round swept out. Right. If you lose in the first round, <laughs> that's a failure. If, swept. I mean, to me, this trade, <laughs> over the next two years, you have to win a championship. You're right. No, you know, no, oh, you know, we just missed. We got to the finals once. There was injury. No, you got to win a title over these next two years. Anything beyond that, I'm not going to worry about three years from now. you got to win in the next two years. There's no That's question the only about success. It. You're right. That's it. Done. Simple. Gordon, let's go back to the phone. Let's do Charlie's it. in Woodside. Hey, Charlie, you're next on 98.7. Hey, Larry and Gordon. How you doing? What's going on, Charlie? Oh, so how about this, this deal? I don't know like, don't even care. And the fact that the more bothers me is the Abel Irving is it bothers me. It bothers me because it seems like he does not appreciate it. He's not a professional the way he handles. I don't care what kind of talent he has. Um, anybody who said give a say about LeBron James, he goes out like professional. That's not how he's supposed to do. Um, you know, handle himself and work uh, part time job. As a professional, I think he gave millions of dollars. Unacceptable. And it's matter of fact that the Nets are making this deal to become relevant. Guess what, ladies and uh, Larry and Gordon? I talked to Jake about this on the ball, on the ball behind, by the way. Great job. Uh, this is a baseball town. This is a Yankees town. Even the Mets are second team. Then people care about the Mets more. People care about the Giants, the Jets. And, of course, the Knicks. I think they're a lot more Rangers fans. The, the Brooklyn Nets, they come May, as hopefully the baseball season is going on, uh, 462 games, I don't know what not. I think people will focus on that. Then these clown or these who, who gives a damn about this, nobody cares about this Brooklyn Nets. Nobody cares. NBA Finals, I think Yankee game is important. Met game is important. Nobody cares. I don't care. I don't give a damn. Charlie, let me ask you this. Are you a, you're a Knicks fan? I'm a Knicks fan. Okay. I just find it funny when I hear Knicks fans. I'm a bigger, bigger Yankee fan. Okay. bigger Yankee fan. Bigger, I, probably the Yankee. I, I, I agree with you that the Nets are, are, are clearly, you know, second fiddle to the Knicks. It's not, I mean, they're not even a fiddle. They're a trumpet. But it's funny for me to hear Knicks fans talk about the trade and, and present it as if, well, the Nets still don't matter, when if this were the Knicks – Nick fans would be shouting from the rooftops 
The Knicks are back. We're winning a title. There would be no talk from any Nick fan of, oh, this isn't going to work. The personalities is not going to mesh. So I just kind of find it funny that a Nick fan, you know, they love to be able to, to you know, kind of thumb their nose at the net fan. But then, you know, if, if they don't matter, then maybe don't bring them up. I, you know, that's just the way I look at well, it. I don't I'm, know. I'm, I'm saying I'm a Yankee fan more than uh... – a more, this is a baseball town, not a basketball town. Because of if the Knicks. no, uh, Charlie, I disagree with you. If the Knicks ever were good, I mean, it's been, I don't know how old you oh, are, Charlie. Of course. When the Knicks are good, this is a basketball town. I mean, if the Knicks yeah. ever won a title, it would be wilder than anything. Even the Jets winning, I think. There's no doubt about it. And if they go far, Gordon, if they're in the conference final, they're going to make noise. They're going to pay attention in this town. You know, the only thing I would say is a little bit of a fact, are fans in the stands. You know, are fans yep. in the stands by then? If they are, I think it will be. I mean, I think that it will be a bigger factor than it's ever been before, clearly. Mm-hmm. Yep, I agree. Joe's in Morristown. Hey, Joe, you're next on 98.7 ESPN New York. Hey, what's happening? I just wanted to say that I am a Knicks fan. And okay. I think that this is the worst possible thing that the Nets could have done because they have Kyrie Irving, a top three point guard in the league. They have Kevin Durant, a top three, top four player in the league. Their standard was already, we have to win a championship this year. Now your standard is still the same, win a championship, but you just gave away the future with four first round picks. And I just think – and I, I, I heard what you just said about Knicks fans. If I was a Knicks fan, I would not be happy about giving oh, away – I'm sorry, Joe, I don't believe you. Knicks fans would – I mean, Knicks fans have, have already gotten all worked up about Emmanuel quickly. I mean, you know, the amount <laughs> – you know, they're getting all pumped up about, uh, you know, Obi Toppin playing all of one minute. I, I, I would be happy with Kevin Durant – Kyrie Irving, I'm jazzed about it. I'm, I'm excited about it. But if I found out that we just gave away four four years in a row, four first-round picks for James Harden, who came into the season, like, up 20 pounds. You saw him in the preseason. The dude was, like, up 25 pounds. I was like, James Harden does not look the way that he used to look. I mean, I'm, I, I, and I'm, for me, I'm happy as a Knicks fan because I'm like, okay, now – the spotlight can turn for the next half decade because they're not. The Nets are not going to be good for six years. They have to win. They're going to win this year. They either have to win a championship this year, or the season's a failure. And then going forward, they're just going to go slowly go downhill. In my opinion. Well, That's you might be possible. right, Joe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, you might be right, Joe. Thanks for the phone call, Gordon. Here's my take. If I'm and I am a Nick fan. Uh, I'm not worried about what the Nets are doing. In four (laughs) years, Kevin Durant probably is not going to be here. He'll be 35, right? I mean, uh, this is your shot. Yeah, I'm I'm worried about – I got enough trouble worrying about where I'm getting scoring from tomorrow night in the next game. I don't have time to worry about them. You know, listen, whatever they do, that's great. You know, listen, if if it's their time, all right. If they get to the championship, hey, go New York, great. But – Really, as a Knicks fan, they can do what they want to do. I'm too busy trying to figure out what is this team going to ultimately be like. Would will Obi Toppin ever get on the court to play 20 minutes? <laughs> Gordon, I mean, that's I mean, what I'm who, looking who at. Who is this team that people think in the Eastern Conference is going to to beat this Nets team? I don't see who it is. The Celtics, the no. Bucks, the Sixers, no, not the Bucks. I mean, no. who? The Pacers. I mean, no. 
They're going to cruise to the NBA. Yeah, they should they cruise should. to the they NBA should. finals. They should. This should not. Their toughest test should be in the championship. Right. That that should be their toughest test. And if you can make LeBron. a trade where you, it almost guarantees you getting to the NBA finals, I think you got to make that trade. And and four years from now, be damned. Yeah, you do that. And listen, they still have money and space on their roster to try to get some players that can fill in the spots that. You know the young players that they've lost can 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 handle. You know you still have a chance to fill in. Maybe you get a a, a, a defender at, at a front court defender. Maybe you get a an extra rebounder. You know now your chance is to make sure that you just fill in those spots that you have. You got three spots I think with the five point seven million dollar exemption, Gordon with mid level exception and stuff like that. That's the key part now for them is to make sure you have those those people in there to add to the depth so that your big three are not having to play a whole bunch of minutes because your young players, as we saw tonight, when Steve Nash pulled the bench out, he, he brought the ramp back in. Well, I mean, the other thing about the four, you know, four years from now, yep. four years from now, they probably weren't going to be very good anyway, right? Like nope. once Durant and, and Kyrie, and that might be sooner than later, leave, you're probably going to be in a rebuild situation anyway. We've already yep. seen how hard it is to get – how long have the Knicks been rebuilding, right? Oh, like you please. lose a superstar, it's very hard to replace that superstar. So now it will be harder because they won't have any picks and they could put themselves in a situation where they are back to where they were a few years ago where they were just one of the dregs of the NBA with no hope and no future. Mm-hmm. But if you go there with an NBA title, which you have to win now over the next two years, I think you'd make that trade. You would. Cedric's in Queens. Hey, Cedric, you're next on 98.7. Yeah, listen – it really doesn't matter whether Kyrie plays or he doesn't play. The Nets are going to try to win regardless, with or without him. So, you know, I'm a Knicks fan. But for the first time in a long time, I've watched the Knicks and they've been winning. You know, I'll take it for what it is. But if they can't win in 72 games and get a championship now within the next two years, then the time is over. That's all there is. The Nets. Are you, you mean the Nets, Cedric? The Nets? Yeah, that's me, Cedric. Yeah, you mean you're talking about the next time would be over. The next time would be over. Okay. It's a 72 win, you know, it's a 72 season game season. So they're trying to get whatever they can get put together. So if they want to use Harden. Yeah, I think that, I think they're pretty good. I don't know. I think they're in pretty good shape. I think they are. <laughs> they are right now. That's for sure. I, Sam, I, mean, I do have to laugh at the Nick fans like, look, well, yeah, yeah, sure. They, they can they can win a title. Uh, they have to win a title over the next two years. Otherwise, uh, it's all going to be a failure. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, they have Kevin Durant. They, uh, at some point, they might have Kyrie Irving again. Who knows? Uh, and they have James Harden. I mean, that's not, that's not, that's not bad. That's not a bad start. <laughs> that's really good. Sam's you, and you know, Larry, if I gave the Knicks truth fans, you know, truth serum right now, uh-huh. you can have Obi Toppin, Emmanuel Quickly, or you could have James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving. They would hit that button so fast it would be like Jeopardy. You know, you hit it, you hit it too fast, and you, you didn't wait for the question to be over. Yeah, yeah. I mean that, that's how fast it would be. And to prove your point, how many fa- now there was mixed reactions about bringing Kyrie. I will say that from Nick fans, they oh, weren't really absolutely. happy about absolutely. Kyrie, but they were heartbroken that there was no Durant. Oh, and abs- rightfully I mean, so. Of course, and rightfully so. Here's a guy who's. Top, top three player in the NBA, maybe number two the way he's playing at this point, 
And you even imagine Gordon having him and surrounding him with some of the young talent that you have that allows you to, you know, not that he would want to be here in a situation like that, but I'm saying there's some young players who could learn from him, his professionalism, how to be a pro and improve your game. You would you would love to have a, a, a top player like that here. You would love it. You would it, love it. It was devastating when, when you thought the whole season, you know, the Knicks have inside information. Why else would they trade Porzingis for cap space? They're getting Durant. Everybody everywhere, every NBA insider was telling me, Durant to the Knicks, he's coming to the Garden. It's, it's That's happening. That's right. Uh, and then it didn't happen. Again. Again. <laughs> Samson Marlboro. Hey, Sam, you're next on 98.7. Wow, I, I don't even know where to start, man. Uh, Gordon, I, I could not disagree with you more. Are you a Nets fan? Like, no. Wow, like if the Knicks is the, if the Knicks traded for Harden, I swear I to you, half the Knicks fan would would have been like, we never learned, you know, all going all in. Doesn't that sound like when they traded for Carmelo, giving half, actually it's worse. But if you had Durant and Kyrie already. Right. Kyrie, well, we'll see. Uh, but the situation doesn't look, you know, Kyrie not playing, and, and it looks like, well, we'll see if he's worth the trouble. But I don't agree. And what we'll see, I think they didn't learn from the Kevin Garnett, you know, trade for – you don't trade that many picks, but we'll see. And um, I think the Knicks should be happy, keep the path, and build from within. Trust the process, 2.0. And uh, ha- have a great uh, – thanks as always. Have a great show. All right, All right Sam. Tim. Thanks. I'm not a big process guy, Gordon. I'm going to tell you that right now. I'm not actually, a big process guy. I'm not. It, it depends on what the process is. You know, the Knicks were running a process for a bunch of years that I didn't agree with, of, of, of swinging for the fences and trying to get the big name and make the big splash. The process that they're following right now, I kind of like. You know, go with some young players. Start to build something yourself. If and when you can find a disgruntled superstar and, and you have the, the, the means to be able to trade something for one of them, Okay, fine, if you can find a franchise player that way or if you can sign a franchise player as a free agent. But to simply put all your eggs into someone's going to come playing at the Mecca, that process I was not a fan of. If you can explain it to me and it makes sense, I'm a fan of the – you know, just say trust the process. Uh, I don't know that that necessarily worked. You know, it's not a blanket statement because some pro- – you know, the Jets had a process this year. It didn't work very well. I'm not a fan of the Philadelphia 76er process. The, the, the tanking? Yes. That's uh, the process I don't like. I'm not, I, I'm not, a, because what it does is, and really with as long as they, talk about the team that should have won the championship, with as long as their process has been, they should have won the championship. For me, the way the Knicks are going and how you described it, that's okay with me because you got young folks, you build them up. It, like you said, you attract a player who the same way what the Nets did, allegedly, <laughs> okay, with 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 uh, Kyrie and Kevin Durant saying, yeah, I like what they're doing over there. Look how they're building. That's what I'm looking for. So that process, Gordon, you and I are in agreement with. I just this Philadelphia process where you just continue to lose and you lose and you lose and you lose and then you roll the dice. Nolan's Noel was a was a trap was a draft pick of the Philadelphia 76ers. This is what is 16? <laughs> yeah. I mean they they had a bunch of number ones in terms of, you know, I'm just in favor of whatever the rules of the game are, try to bend those rules in your favor. And at the time where the Sixers did it, it was actually in there, fa- you know, like we all kind of agree that getting two or three foundational pieces to build your team around, it did kind of benefit them. The problem was 
at the end of the day, you got to pick the right guys. It doesn't yes. matter where you pick. They didn't mm-hmm. pick the right guys, and they made a lot of mistakes. And yep. they didn't. They didn't. They might have trusted the process, but they did not trust Sam Henke to kind of carry it out. And it, it, that's what happens a lot of times. I think it happened with Cleveland. I think it happened with uh, Philadelphia, the, the Browns. I mean, not um, uh, the Cavaliers. That they get into these situations where they say, "We're going to tank. We're going to. This is what we're going to do." And then the the pushback comes from the media or from fans. And they kind of chicken out and they, you know, they fire, you know, whoever it was that was conducting that. And that, that person never sees the actual fruit of the uh, tanking labor. So, mm-hmm. look, the 76ers, for all the criticism, and I don't know that they're ever going to win a title, you know, still having Simmons and Embiid, that's not bad. That's not terrible. Nope, they are a contender not. in the Eastern Conference for the next, you know, three or four years. Or until one of them decides that they have to go. Right. They got to get out of there. <laughs> Which almost was this year. It very well could have been. Right? <laughs> could have been. Larry Harsty, Gordon Damer, chatting with you about James Harden coming to the Nets. Tomorrow night, Gordon, we'll talk. Obviously, we'll follow Rangers Islanders. That's always exciting. So we'll talk about that. We'll recap that one. And also, we have a chance to talk about some football for this weekend. Got some playoff action. And, uh, Gordon, you still driving that Buffalo uh, bandwagon? My Buffalo Bills, Larry. <laughs> My Buffalo Bills. You're not sharing them with Omar? They're just no. Yours. Omar's a fly-by-night guy, you know? <laughs> I've been on the Buffalo bandwagon for uh, a dozen days or so now, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You, you, I, I admire your conviction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ross Khalil is in Canarsie. Hey, Roz, you're next on 98.7. Hey, Uncle Larry and Gordon, man. Happy New Year to you guys. Same, Same to you. To you. Um, you know, I, I want to talk about a little bit about this Kyrie thing. Hello? Yeah, yeah go ahead. We're here. Um, the first thing I want to say is that I think they need to stop feeling sorry for the, for Kyrie. He's a grown man. He's making all this money. We got people suffering out here because of this COVID, and this guy just steps off from his responsibilities and stuff like that, man. You got the Brooklyn fan base. You got kids out here between the age of 17 on down to 12 that were so excited, you know, KD and Kyrie together and LaVert. I mean, I, I don't understand this, you know, and – Ownership, I believe, jumped the gun, and I believe they are gambling by giving away all these picks years and years and years of this. Why couldn't they just slow down? Because didn't KD and Levert win, win a game or two together? Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They won a couple. I mean, you know, I, I believe he owes the fan base of Brooklyn an apology, man. You know? And the last thing I just want to mention is these contracts that they make for these guys, why can't there be a clause in there that, hey, look, man, if you don't show up to work, you don't get paid after a certain amount of days, and if it goes on further, you're fired. We'll we'll, we'll get along without you and do what we got to do. I mean, I just don't, you know, it's like the culture is like, how come they get to do whatever they do? You know, stars, the fans Ross. pay money to come to the stadium. They buy the food and the beverages, the jerseys, the sneakers, the this and that. And this, this is what we get in return. Unfortunately, I mean, Ross, you know, I mean, he's a star. I mean, this is star treatment. 
it's no different than Tom Cruise on a on a movie set or a big movie Hollywood superstar or a big television actor or you know just because you see people on TV does not mean that that's the way they actually are and and it is frustrating the fact that you would need to have a clause in the contract I think that just by having a contract right you have to show up to work I understand what you're saying but it it's clear whether they're saying it out loud or it's just through the admission of not doing anything about it, the Brooklyn Nets obviously can't be that upset about it. No, it doesn't seem like it. Although maybe their response is, you know what, we, we let's get Harden in here just yeah, in maybe. case. Maybe. You know, let, let's make sure we get this in here because, listen, KD did not come here to be, you know, the the sole survivor. He, he came here to, to be part of a team, the headline a team with some very talented reserve players that could go on and push this team to a championship. And so now if you're, not, if you're really concerned about Kyrie, and listen, Gordon, because we don't know what's going on with him, let's hypothetically say it's a situation where the NBA is investigating about possibly obtaining, acquiring the COVID-19 pandemic, acquiring the virus. Okay, that means that, you know, once they find out, he, he has no say on when he comes back. And if that's the case, he will lose money. He lose like one seventy second of his pay for every day. So you know, once you figure out why he's away, then you can take that next step. And you know, we still haven't found out, haven't had any results from what the NBA has talked about with this uh, this video that surfaced. And so you know, think of it this way: if it is due to the pandemic, Gordon, he's going to be gone at least another two weeks. It doesn't seem like it's going to bother him, right? Like yeah. if you ask them, you know, are you going to be upset about losing the money or it just seems like he wants to just kind of go off and do his own thing. And maybe by the time the, the games become more important, he can find the motivation to play. But I'll be honest with you. I wouldn't be surprised if he, know, you know, he knows the ramifications. He's a smart mm-hmm. guy. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, he did this in a way to be like, you know what, I don't feel like playing. So now I don't have to pay play and he would still get paid yep. or would he still get paid because of the COVID? I'm not sure. No, he once again he would lose he would, money on that. Yeah, I think it's one seventy second right. of of every day, one seventy second okay. of his pay. I think it was four. I think they said it on Sports Center last night. It was four hundred and ten thousand dollars every single day, which is yeah. obscene. But oh. I mean, it, 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 that's oh. his world. I mean, oh. <laughs> I would play one week and retire. <laughs> <laughs> I got wow. enough, guys. I'll see you. I'm good. I'm good. Hang him up. I'm good. Yeah, listen, and 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 I. Listen, and I would hold, hold a Zoom press conference so everybody would know. Mm-hmm. And I'd, I'd let the coach know and everybody. <laughs> it wouldn't be a secret, Gordon. No, Done. it would not. How much do I have now? Oh, God, I can play FanDuel all week. <laughs> Promo code Gordon. <laughs> because you need help. I do. I do. Yeah. I was looking at the Nick line tonight, and I, it was only six. The Knicks were getting six. I was like, I don't think the Knicks can keep it that close. And I no, was watching no, no, the game. No. And then, you know, near oh, the end. You got it, close, didn't it? It got close. I was like, oh, darn it. it th- that's the problem is either, if I bet and I get it right, I think I should have bet more. Yeah. And then yeah. if I bet and I get it wrong, I'm like, oh, I always bet the wrong side. Yeah. They lost by seven. Yeah, they lost by seven. So it's so, just as well I did, not, uh, I did not take the Knicks tonight. That, yeah. The Knicks didn't get a win, but uh, Gordon's FanDuel account did. Listen, and, and you know what? On some days, that's what counts. That's all that counts. <laughs> At the end of the day, you know? Yep. 
You know, Gordon, I'm, I'm kind of curious, um, taking the peek at tomorrow night, I'm kind of curious to see how this Rangers-Islanders matchup is going to go. Look, we always know that it's it's a tremendous rivalry. We got that. But this Rangers team showed you a little bit last year with some of the young players, and the Islanders went deep into the playoffs last year. So I'm, I'm kind of curious to see how this is going to start. And um, But I tell you what, the way they, they set up these divisions, this is going to be tough. Now, These divisions are going to be tough. I'm wondering if if the hockey is going to run into the same problems as we've seen with the the NBA with the COVID stuff. You know, like yeah. how long it's going to probably be two or three weeks before we have a read on it. But you know, it's it's the same kind of environment, right? Indoors, yeah. close. Yeah. You know, you're you're playing close up against each other. You know, you're not going to be in a bubble, so. Is it the type of thing where they're going to be able to, you know, not going to have any real issues like the NBA is starting to have right now? Yeah, we hope so. We really hope so. We like to try to get through this as as quickly as possible and as painless as possible. But we'll be on tomorrow night to talk about Rangers Islanders to start the season locally. Gordon, be good on the radio tomorrow, my friend. I will try, Larry. All right, sounds good. That wraps up this edition of ESPN New York Tonight here on 98.7 ESPN. Thank you, Brian Mangia. Thank you, Jake the Snake Montgomery. This is ESPN New York Tonight on 98.7 ESPN.